with writer, actor, director Damien D. Smith on um, his ambitious documentary project called Target St. Louis, which tells a story uh, and dark. Uh, this tells a story about, a, I should say, a secret and dark. It's both a secret and dark U.S. government environmental project that uh, targeted black folk. We'll get into that in a moment here. Uh, many of you know Damon from Snowfall and from Emancipation uh, alongside Will Smith. Uh, but uh, he's a busy brother, but uh, 30 minutes here now to talk to Damon Smith. So, Damon, thank you for slowing down long enough to come to see us, brother. How are you? I'm doing amazing, brother. Thank you for having me. It's man. my this, great honor, man. Let me tell you something. This is a, this is my grandmama's dream. I, my grandma <laughs> be so proud that I'm sitting down talking to you right now. I wish, I wish she was here because I can tell her about it, man, because she, she loved you. She loved it, and, and she... Uh, she, you were such a champion no, to her, man. I appreciate so, uh, that. Tell, yeah. tell me about your grandma right quick. Tell me about it. My grandmother. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's a great segue to the documentary mm-hmm. as well. Because the documentary, the, my grandmother was a uh, philanthropist. She did it. She took care of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, she heard her actual profession was that basically, basically she worked for Lutheran Ministries. And she helped out families that if your mother or father was in jail mm-hmm. incarcerated she had, you usually the power of attorney goes yeah. to your, your your grandmother or or a family member mm-hmm. or something like that and they take care of the kids so she makes sure the children had all the things that they needed to have some semblance of a regular life. So she was she, she was she was doing the Lord's work then. She was doing the Lord's work. Yeah. She was doing she did and she had a big family, ten kids. Where, where, so, is, this, where is this? St. Louis, Missouri. In, in St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, in yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. Uh big family, a lot of kids. So she we had a whole lot of experiences, a whole lot of personalities and a whole lot of life yeah. that she had <laughs> that she dealt with no, uh, got, in the north side. Gotta always shout out Big Mama. You gotta shout out your, your grandmother. Yes. I, mine was Big Mama, so I say Big Mama lovingly. Uh, but definitely uh, Call, what's, what, call, call her name. Say her name. Sarah Modella Barnes. There you go. I love saying their names, man. Mm-hmm. Um, we're live streaming as we always do. And if you uh, have never seen um, uh, our live stream, check us out right now on our app or go to our YouTube channel. And uh, by the way, I'm, I'm loving this T-shirt. Uh, I'm loving this T-shirt and this jacket. Hey, you, you, you like a walking black history, you know, hey, billboard today, man. The T-shirt, the Baldwin T-shirt, that jacket is fly. I knew I was coming to Tavis Smiley. <laughs> no, I said, man. I'm wearing the blackest thing I can get. <laughs> well, you, 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 you did not disappoint, brother. You did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is this is my regular gear, yeah, no, but I, I did it. put this on. No. I, did say, I said, let me coordinate this properly. I get it. What, what, has, it, what has it meant for you, um, for your work and your witness, your career, to be such an avid student of black history? Um, it has influenced my entire life, mm-hmm. actually. Um, the knowledge itself is important. Yeah. Uh, confidence is important. Mm-hmm. And as a as a younger person, when I was when I was developing my sense of, of identity and everything, once I discovered, again, my grandmother instilled a lot of this in me. But mm-hmm. once I went, you got on, as a young man, you go on your own journey. Oh yeah. And once I got into that journey and learned more and more, it empowered me more mm-hmm. and more. So it empowered me that we are we are from this. We are this. Mm-hmm. Not even and and we represent this. And um, so that has you know uh, uh, propagated through everything that mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. So that's how important knowing your history it prepares you for your future and it and it and it makes sense to of the now. Yeah. And and how does one growing up with all of that history? Uh, being steeped in it, uh, your grandmother in St. Louis and all the work that she's doing, how does one end up on the path to being an artist? An artist? Writing, directing. and You know, I was always a weird kid. (laughs) Come to find out. You know, (laughs) you look look back. You you ain't got to be weird to be a a writer, director, and actor, though. You know, but you know, uh, from... 
from my upbringing, <laughs> my neighborhood, yeah. <laughs> and, and the things I was, I was, I, I, I didn't know it because I was protected. Again, I had a big family, mm-hmm. so and my, and my family, you know, they really were outside a lot of them. So yeah. I was protected because of that, and I didn't have to, I didn't have to deal with all the other stuff that most kids yeah. like myself had to deal with. Right. But I still had to deal with it. Right. Um, but it, um, you know, it's it's. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 Restate no, I, I was asking how you were on the path to being an artist. Oh, you being said, an you artist. Said, you said you were a weird kid. Oh, yes, yeah, my bad. It was yeah. always my bad. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It was always that path, man. Mm-hmm. I. I didn't know. I knew. I didn't know I was a, an actor, but I always was an actor. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? I get it. I, all, I was a. I was a cinephile. Yeah. I watched all the movies of escapism from from the things that was happening around me. Right. The um, you know, I threw a movie on my 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 week ended on Friday, and was at Blockbuster. Yeah. We got three, four movies, and I sat down in front of the TV with a bag full of candy, and I'm good for the movie. All right, so I'll put you on the spot right now Uh uh, before we move forward. I'll put you on the spot. Uh Give me three movies that are still resonant with you today that you discovered as a child. They are central to your to your development. I don't know who Damon D. Smith is Uh if I don't know that Damon wrestled with these three movies. Scarface. Scarface. Um, Malcolm X. Okay. Um, and, uh, let me see. What's a good one? Maybe Lethal Weapon, I think. Okay, now hold that thought. When we come forward, I want to interrogate that, right? So, mm-hmm. why Scarface, Lethal Weapon, and Malcolm X? Scarface. Hold, hold, hold that thought, I want to hear it. I got, I got you. Uh, we're coming to that in a second. <laughs> Scarface, remember that, y'all. Mm-hmm. Scarface, Lethal Weapon, Malcolm X. That's the trifecta. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that with Damon D. Smith when we come forward on KBLA Talk 50 Days. I'm Tavis Smiley. Our guest in this half hour is Damian D. Smith, writer, actor, and director, uh, talking in a moment at least about his very ambitious documentary project called Target St. Louis. We'll unpack that for you in just a second here. Um, CeCe Winans joins us on the backside of this hour for a conversation, but uh, Damian uh, D. Smith joins us live in studio right now. So before that break, I asked you, uh, you were talking about what a cinephile you were, uh, and I was asking you three films that were really uh, important in your formative development. You gave me Scarface, Malcolm X, and Lethal Weapon. Let's take them one at a time. I'm just curious. Tell me why. Why Scarface? Scarface. Um, let me tell you about this movie. There's okay. a lot of lessons there. Oh, Lord, yes. In Scarface, if you really, if you pay attention to it. Life lessons. But also, uh, cinematically, if you mute the movie yeah. and watch Pacino's eyes throughout the film, mm-hmm. you know what's happened in each scene. Yeah. That's okay. how. That, now, that I've never done. Yes, yeah. try that out. Yeah. Just just mute it and just yeah. watch his eyes. You see the emotion. You know oh, what he's yeah. going through. What he's figuring out and what's happening. You can watch that as a silent movie. And and like the Palmer, the, the the storytelling in that movie was just that's, that's, impeccable. Uh, Brian De Palma. Yes, yeah. The storytelling was just amazing, man. I, I, I think for my money, it's it's it may be his finest performance ever, uh, Al Pacino. Yeah, and if he, not, certainly right up there. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. with the Godfathers and all oh, the yeah, things? Yeah. But definitely, Scarface is one of those things that you. You 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 can watch mm. over and over, and then also, it was one of those bonding moments with my uncle. Mm. You know, me and my uncle used to watch Scarface, and he was the one kind of like what I was mentioning. He he will be one of the ones that make sure that I got uh, those three movies yeah. uh, on Friday right. to watch and sit oh, down cool. and go then because you know Blockbuster used to kill you with those late fees back who, in the day. Who, who you telling me, man? <laughs> and, and, and you aging yourself by even saying Blockbuster. Hey man, it's what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Nice, man, man. <laughs> and speaking of all the lessons in Scarface. My favorite, don't get high on your own supply. On your own supply, there you go. <laughs> right, yo, that that scene in when he was uh, 
at the dinner we was having dinner out with his with his with his wife mm-hmm. and he said you can look at all y'all been y'all not good you y'all just know how to hide exactly you just know how to hide you know how to hide yeah so say goodbye to the back but I tell you you'll never see a bad guy that look good as this there you go <laughs> <laughs> Tony Montana Tony Montana I love it all right Malcolm X and Malcolm X is I mean it's, that should be self explanatory it's classic <laughs> you know what I mean it's, it's classic it's, it's, I mean this is one of Denzel's performances that I was just watching something of Spike uh, and Denzel having a conversation about Malcolm X and he's talking about how he, he got past the speeches, he got past you know, the stuff that was that was that Malcolm had said right. uh, when he was doing when he's doing these monologues and he just riffed. Yeah. And they and he Denzel was like, Yeah, well, I was just, you know, just riffing, just going into it and this. And Spike had to stop him and say, Hey, you no, know, it wasn't you were you were impersonating or anything like that. You were channeling yeah. Malcolm X. Yeah. This is what this is what you uh this is this is what you presented to us. We you 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 had to see us in in the uh, background watching you. Yeah, we we had to we got chills yeah. because we felt we were looking at Malcolm X, and and that's that's the effect I want to have with the stories I tell. Yeah. that's the things that I want to put across and things and and with and with a message like that. Yeah. To my mind, and I've told D this many times, he he is for me the greatest actor of his generation, hands down. Easy. And with all the great uh, performances he's turned in, there's none greater than Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. He got some good ones, but none greater, I think, than, than Malcolm X. But I, I digress on that. The third film that you watched as a kid, Lethal Weapon, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. It was fun. Yeah. It helped with race relations. Wow. <laughs> it, wow. it was. I was like, oh, man, they really cool. They had to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. You had to find out the differences in culture. Mm-hmm. And they came together and was, oh, they came together and was really and, and was really about and for each other. Man, I, yeah. I really love I really love those move love that movie coming yeah. up. One of the first, as you know, one of those first buddy films. Buddy films, yeah. It, it opened up a whole nother genre because after that everybody came. Here comes Eddie and Nick Nolte mm-hmm. and everybody came after Lethal Weapon. So it was like And do you know that he they they didn't want to have Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. They didn't want, and they mm-hmm. did, and then, and, and, and oh, which who was who fought for? It was a casting director. The casting director fought for Danny. Danny to do that, mm-hmm. and it was such a great decision. The rest they say is history. The rest and is they, history. They did it what four times, mm-hmm. something like that. Chris Rock got in on the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's what you were watching as a kid. Now, fast forward, you end up being a writer, mm-hmm. an actor, and director yourself. And I want to use the, the balance of our time to focus specifically on this documentary, Target St. Louis. Tell me all about. It. Okay, first, uh, it's Target St. Louis Volume One. Mm-hmm. That because the volume. Volume one is very important exactly. in, in the telling of the story. Uh, Target St. Louis Volume One. Uh, it's about post World War II during the Cold War era. The military conducted secret chemical testing on poor people of St. Louis. Mm. Uh, it was done under the guise of um, <laughs> they were putting together a a defensive weapon just in case Moscow attacked um, an, an American city. They can mm-hmm. release this cloud of smoke to hide the buildings and everything like that. Um, some say, and evidence says, actually actuality they were putting together a uh offensive weapon to attack mm-hmm. moscow if needed be uh mm-hmm. to need, if needed be and but they used um poor people as test subjects and um that was i, I that was first that was that was that was, that was heinous mm-hmm. <laughs> you know doing testing them without their acknowledgement so the story is uh chronicles these people who were children at the time but now adults and they are telling their stories and they're and we're going into the history and the story of target st louis volume one why why in, in your research what did you learn about why st louis 
St. Louis had the uh, weather patterns, the the uh, architecture that was similar to Moscow. Mm-hmm. It was clear proximity to water, where they did the primary uh, part of the testing, wind patterns. So they used they chose St. Louis as the uh, primary place to. Um, to, to test mm-hmm. they did smaller tests like Minneapolis they tried something out but it, here's here's the here's the thing though mm-hmm. in Minneapolis they let them know that hey we want to test this but it was m- majority uh, white, white folk yes yeah. yeah, so I, I, I see where you're going they told the good white folk in Minneapolis we about to do some testing in the air here mm-hmm. in St. Louis they just did it but you know what they did in Minneapolis they, they told them right they kicked them out. They was destroying the vehicles. They they ran them up out of Minneapolis. Right, right. So when they got to St. Louis, they're like, okay. And that was always the targeted place to go. Though. Right. St. Louis was always what they wanted. Right. So they didn't tell anybody. They didn't tell, except for some, like, uh, well, Monsanto, because they, they used, Monsanto used, was places they used for housing and mm-hmm. facilitating of things like that. And I think that was about it. Uh, no one that needed to know they New. didn't tell yeah yeah um so so what uh, uh, this this doesn't surprise our listeners to know that there here is another secret dark test mm-hmm. uh being done that black folk are the subjects mm-hmm. these black folk have not been informed that they are the subjects of this sort of biological testing mm-hmm. um what do you learn what is it what what do we learn in volume one uh, about the ways in which this impacted the black residents of st louis you will see the um you will see within this documentary that you see that the uh, again they were children at the mm-hmm. time when they were tested on, mm-hmm. and now they're adults. So it's it's a range of medical issues that they had to mm-hmm. deal with from the beginning. Um, it's a range of psychological uh, ele- elements that you got to deal with from again. Just you know, one of the things and one of the reasons I did this documentary is to give uh, is peace of mind. Peace of mind is priceless. Mm-hmm. So if you you've been you you think you've been tested on, you feel like someone has been targeted. And you feel like this, but you can't prove it. Right. You can't get it. That can drive someone crazy, or that can drive someone into a destructive pattern, mm-hmm. or whatever the situation is. And when you got peace of mind, like, okay, I wasn't crazy. I knew that this was happening. I knew something was going on. And that's what was happening with these kids. Mm-hmm. They were they they remember seeing people walking around in spaceman suits. They thought they were, they didn't know, they were seeing the, things. The, the Martians have shown up or something. The right? Martians have showed up. These yeah, kids yeah. were playing in open fields and and they were testing with kids out there. They were they were they were children in this area, and it was centered around the Pruitt Igo housing complex, the first of its kind. Um, it's it was the first governmental housing project that was put together in the, to that massive uh, amount. Mm-hmm. And this is before Cabrini Green. This is mm-hmm. before all that. Yeah, sure. And and what happened is they they built it up, built it to be the 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 house up on the hill. Mm-hmm. It brought in everyone because they were living in the area of St. Louis. They were living, you know, poverty line was low. Mm-hmm. So they come with indoor toilets, all, you know, all this indoor heat. You got all these but, things. But it's still public housing, though. Public housing, right, but right, it, right. Wasn't, it wasn't built how it was built, sure. you know, back then. So once they got in there, they pulled the resources. They pulled all the resources from this, com- from this community. Um, the government did. And then they, left, they, they made it susceptible for them to be targeted. It, you, you, and this is a prime example of why you why elections are important and your local politicians who you elect are important. Forget about the I'm not forget about, but mm. the executive levels are important as well. No. But your local no. people is who you need to focus. Make sure you focus on is that. Tip O'Neill, a former speaker of the House, said many many years ago, uh, which has become a great line, that all politics is local. <laughs> all politics is local. So I take your point about being focused on the local stuff. How how did a story like this? Um, I was going to say fall in your lap. Maybe it didn't. But how, how does one 
like Damien D. Smith come to this particular story? Sarah, Sarah Modella Bones. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother used to write me letters, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, it just, most of the time they were gossip. She, mm -hmm. Grandma wasn't texting. She was writing letters, <laughs> and I'd get the letters, and then yeah. we'd read the letters, and we'd talk about it. Right. One, this particular time, she sent me news clippings. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just news clippings. It was the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, Dr. Lisa Martino-Taylor, she was... Um, she she had, did a dissertation mm -hmm. on this this aerosol spray study is what it was mm -hmm. called because uh, she had found out about it's found out too many coincidences mm -hmm. didn't make sense so she, they, they wrote up something in the St Louis Post Dispatch about her and you and she mailed it to me and we I called her and we started talking about it and she's like yeah I was in the neighborhood and this is what happened mm -hmm. and we always knew that something was going something on. was going on right we knew something was happening and it was always weird so then when it got time to um, when, when 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 she was talking about it, I said, "Wait a minute," and I did some more research. It, 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 it was I was it enraged me, man. Mm -hmm. How can you do this to my family, my mm -hmm. community without? And I have a skill set. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a skill set as a storyteller. Yeah. So I use my skill set to help my people. Um, this is not this this is I'm I'm, I'm pausing here because I've I've been doing this so much of late that it's actually becoming unnerving for me, mm -hmm. and that is having these conversations about the ways in which black folk have been put upon that we find out years later, and somebody's got to go back and try to correct the record. Yesterday, mm -hmm. we were literally in that very chair, the attorney for Bruce's Beach, the mm -hmm. family, uh, the Bruce family uh, of Bruce's Beach fame, George Father III, was there yesterday talking about the Bruce's Beach saga. One of my hosts on this station uh, colleagues, Reva Martin is uh, uh, also a lawyer. She's uh, spearheading a case in Palm Springs now. Mm -hmm. Where years ago they just burned down the black folk neighborhood, burned it down, tore it up, uh, and all these years later, trying to get recompense, trying to get restitution for these particular persons. The Tuskegee study. We all mm -hmm. know these. I mean, history mm -hmm. is full of these kinds of stories. But in St. Louis, this is a story I did. I, it's a story I didn't know. Um, I'm, 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 what I'm pushing toward is whether or not. As this story has become more known about the way they tested these black folk in this public housing project and in the surrounding area, anybody going to be held accountable for this ultimately? Well, we're looking to do it. I mean, as it's yeah. how so much time has passed, yeah. one. Um, but what we can do is keep telling our stories, right. keep getting it out there, and hope and hopefully some type of restitution can come to these people. Because again, there's a lot of health issues that have come about how are you going to test and just walk away yeah not only just you tested on them without their knowledge and then you just walked away once you got your information that yeah. you needed and didn't care about I'm, what I'm, it is. I'm thinking because you're a storyteller i'm thinking about the the, the brazenness the the boldness of the imagery mm -hmm. that you're testing this particular community you are walking around with a spacesuit on <laughs> uh -huh. i mean think i mean this this, yeah. this this would be laughable if it weren't so serious that you walking through this you walking through this neighborhood with your spacesuit on uh -huh. as you're doing testing and the Negroes don't really know what's going on, but they know something strange is happening here. But you're going to protect yourself with your spacesuit exactly. as you walk boldly past these Negroes. And, these, and this is what was confirmed. Zinc cadmium sulfite. Right. Right. That was confirmed that these are on it. And, and there's a couple other things, but also some say radiation, but we can't. Right. We haven't confirmed it, but there was a Geiger counter set up and they sure. measured radiation. Uh, you knew at that time that there was a cancer causing agent. You, that was already yeah. you knew at that time, and you still was going in on this whole thing. So that, mm -hmm. that the boldness yeah. is amazing on, on, on how they did it. Yeah. So volume one suggests to me that there will be a volume two. Yes, yes, right. yes. There's going to be a volume two, three, four, and five. Actually, it's it, going to be an anthology of stories that I want to tell, based in my hometown of St. Louis. It's not the only stories I'm going to tell, but yeah. I know I have those five films I want to tell in St. Louis. And it's going to um, the first one is again volume one, Target St. Louis, a documentary. The second one is going to be a narrative uh, called Victory High, aka okay. the V. Yeah. Um, that's going to be speaking about 
um, you know, is is is, is, is I, I'll let, we'll talk about that one. We'll, hold, we'll hold that one. I got you. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I've got two minutes left in this conversation. Uh, sure, we'll see you again somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to mention two projects that I teed up early that you've been involved in, and just yeah. get your take on them. Mm-hmm. Snowfall has had quite the run. Oh, yes, it has. Yeah, you've been in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snowfall is a great time, man. Yeah. Uh, Top Notch is my character, so we run that. Uh, it's a good time. I, man. Oh, man. John. Uh, I, John Singleton. The, 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 the late, great John The Singleton. late, great John Singleton. Yeah. R.I.P. to that good brother. Um, he set into motion a story that's going to go down in cinematic television history. Yeah. You know. And, and in the last uh, 60 seconds here, uh, I mentioned uh, Emancipation. This was Will Smith's sort of comeback uh, project. A lot of conversation about it. Um, <laughs> what was it like for you to be connected to it and a part of it? It was a great, it was, it, it was again, we got another, uh, at another time we can talk about this a little longer, yeah. but um, it was a, it was a beautiful experience. Yeah. It was a beautiful, we had, we had these, the conditions in which that we were under were, re- were really stressful and hot, but, and, and, you know, all mosquitoes, everything you can deal with in this war and doing yeah. this, but when, at the, at the, we all was banded together up for Antoine Fuqua and for Will, mm-hmm. and whenever it was the worst time, Will to crack a joke, yeah, to help everybody out and raise spirits yeah. for us to keep going because we want we wanted to get this story out and tell the yeah. story. He, he might have cracked jokes in the in the in the in the moment to give everybody some levity, yes, but it was not a funny story though. Not at all, Very not at all. Story. That's yeah. why that's why we had to have that. Yeah. You can't. We have to laugh at our pain sometimes. Sometimes you do. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it there. Writer, actor, director Damian D. Smith. The documentary project is called Target St. Louis. Working volume volume one. Working for see this. Uh, Target City. It's coming out soon. We, we did yeah. our festival run. We won some great festivals. Sure. Best documentary feature. It, it was been. It, it's been amazing. But okay. what's coming up next, though? Yeah. Detangling the South, a five-part docu series that highlighted the overlooked, undervalued, and, and often ignored contributions of Black women to the civil rights movement, past, present, and future. Yeah. That's going to be fire. He's a busy brother. Damien, good to have you in. We'll do it again, brother. Thank you, bro. Uh, CC Wine is after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty.